That's Doug Jones at our Woodbine campus. Uh, he's doing an incredible job there in a uh, mixed community, transitioning community. It's very exciting to see how God is opening up doors where we, uh, where we didn't anticipate ministry. We have, uh, we have all kind of, of things going on there. And uh, it's exciting to see that church return to health and, uh, and, and, and uh, focus on the future of ministry. And so you are very much uh, a part of that. And we, we celebrate uh, the vision you have for reaching uh, a lot of campuses and churches throughout the Middle Tennessee area. There is something about human beings, and we love to be scared to death. Uh, there's something about us that we love to think we're going to die, although we thought we know we probably won't. We love to ride the roller coaster. And we like to be in the first car of the roller coaster so we can see it tip over that big hill. And if you're in the first car, you kind of feel like you're dangling because the other cars are holding you back. And we like to go to scary movies. Uh, and, and there's something about us <laughs> that just will not let sleeping dogs lie. Have you heard that expression, let sleeping dogs lie? Uh, there's something about human beings, we just can't do that. So you'll see on YouTube and, and, and other things, people being all kind of stupid, right? Uh, they'll be on a safari, uh, and they'll see a lion, and the lion will be asleep, or the lion will just be lying there watching them. No, no, we're not going to let that lion alone. We're going to throw something at this lion. We're going to see if we can get close enough and hit that lion with a stick. Why? Because we want the lion to be a lion. We don't want him to be a domesticated house cat. We want this lion to stand up and roar. He'll ignore the first poke, maybe even the second and third poke. But if you make him mad enough, he's going to remind you he's a lion. And you see it all the time, right? Person hurt in local zoo. You know, wanting to pet the polar bear. <laughs> what is your clue that this might not be a good thing? There's an electrical fence, there's an iron fence, there's, you know, moats. No. Did you see about the lady trying to get a selfie with a jaguar? Did you see that one? Right, trying to back up to the fence so that she can see. And the jaguar bit her, ate her, tried to, pulled her away. And everybody's going, I didn't know he would do that. That's what wild animals do. When they stand up and show you who they are, when they're released in all their ferocity, there's nobody left. And we do the same thing with God, don't we? We poke God. Uh, we try to provoke God. We want God to stand up and be God. We want the mountains to tremble. We want the ocean to quake. We want God to show us he's God in all of the fullness of his godness. And we have no idea what we're asking. No idea what we're demanding. Because when God stands up and shows us he's God, 
there's nobody left standing. They tried to provoke Jesus on the cross. But he wouldn't play the game. 15th chapter of Mark. Stand with me as we read God's word together. I'm going to go right to verse 29, guys. And those who passed by were yelling insults at Jesus and shaking their heads and saying, Ha! This is the one who said he would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Save yourself by coming down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the scribes were mocking him among themselves, saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so that we may see and believe. And even those who were crucified with him taunted him. Even those who were crucified with him Haunted him. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Each one of us deep within ourselves believes that it would have been different had we been there. Had we been there, Jesus, it would have been different if we had been a soldier, if we had been Pilate, if we had been one of the religious leaders, if we had been someone in the crowd, things would be different. And it hurts us to know the truth of realizing that no, nothing would be different. It would be the same. You there dying for our sins, even while we taunted you. For doing so. Forgive us in this moment that we may know the power of your crucifixion. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Ah, the machine was working now. Everything was going just as it had been planned. Well, there were a few things to do. We had to get Pilate to agree, but that wouldn't be hard. The only thing you have to say is threaten Pilate with some kind of bad news to Rome, and Pilate would cave, and he did. He ended up releasing Barabbas, a known murderer, rather than Jesus. Even Pilate couldn't figure it out, washed his hands of the whole thing, gave Jesus to the religious leaders who handed him over to the soldiers, and the soldiers did their thing. You know, military is about orders. It's about rank. It's about form. It's about structure. Uh, if you're commanded to do something, you do it simply because you're commanded to do it. But if you do not have the wherewithal, if you do not have the rank to tell a soldier what to do, that soldier won't listen. And so now here we are with the king but the soldiers recognize that for whatever reason, Jesus either does not have the power or he is not using his power, but he's not going to tell them what to do. So they abuse him. They torture him. Almost to the point where he loses consciousness. They finally stand him up. 
put the crossbeam on his back and tell him to walk to the place of his execution. He can only go so far before he collapses. They grab a man out of the crowd, a man named Simon, and he was forced to carry the cross for the rest of the way. When they get to the place, they crucify Jesus. These soldiers are murdering professionals. It's what they do. It's always laughable when people say, well, Jesus really didn't die on the cross. Oh, no, these soldiers were cold-blooded. If they were ordered to kill Jesus, then Jesus would be dead. That's what they did. And they stretched Jesus up, being held on that cross by three nails. One right behind his wrist in that open space where the two bones of your arm are. Not here in the palm. Here, where those two bones would hold the nail. Here. Feet folded, one on top of each other, and the other, we say nail. They were railroad spikes. Driven through his ankle to hold him there. Sometimes to lengthen the agony, to increase the suffering, the crucifixion victim would be tied at the waist so that the weight wouldn't totally fall on their shoulders because, see, what happens in the crucifixion is you suffocate. Sooner or later, your shoulders fall out of socket, and your clavicle collapses, and you smother. Usually it takes several days. But with Jesus, after his torture, after the agony of realizing what the cross meant, he died in a few hours. And while he was dying, people gathered around. Now we're, now we're told that the women were there watching to make sure that they would figure out what would happen with Jesus' body. We're not told anything about the disciples. They're long gone. This moment belongs to the enemies of Jesus, and they taunt him. I thought you were said you were the Savior, and you can't even save yourself. Didn't you say you would take down the temple in three days? This big temple, this right here, didn't you say you would tear it down and you would rebuild it in three days? Well, you saved everybody else. You can't save yourself. I know. We wouldn't have been in that crowd, would we? We'd been somewhere else. We don't want to be in that crowd because in that crowd, Jesus recognized the voice that he'd already heard. Where did Jesus hear that voice before? Ah, in the temptation of the wilderness. Remember? After 40 days of fasting, after 40 days of praying, working out in his own life so that his ministry would align with what the Father wanted. He would be the kind of Messiah that the Father wanted him to be. That was what, the, that, that, was what uh, that wilderness experience was already uh, was, was, was about. I am about to start my public ministry. I want to be sure I'm aligned with your purposes. And that's when Satan shows up. You're going about this the wrong way. 
you can accomplish all you want to do. And all you got to do is bake a little bread. All that stuff you're doing of suffering and the cross is passé. All you have to do is feed these bunch of knuckleheads. They'll follow you anywhere. Put on a show. Jump off the top of the temple. Come down from the cross. Come down from the cross like in a movie, you know? Bam! Fire, sparks, wipe out those soldiers, blast them away. It would be a bestseller. And we would follow you anywhere. We say that all the time, don't we? <laughs> Why not? You don't think you do, but you do. It's in those times when you read something in the newspaper where there was some great injustice done. Something was done that's really bad and it makes you angry and you're angry but you can't do anything about it. So what you say is, I wish Jesus would strike them with lightning. I wish Jesus would give me just a handful of lightning bolts. I could, I could figure out something. If you've heard me do a funeral, you've heard me say, all of us have a list of people that the world would be better off if Jesus took them. And our friend wasn't on that list, but we all have that list, don't we? We could straighten the world out, Jesus. Just give us a handful of lightning bolts. Jesus, if you would just show up one day, if you would just show the world your God, then all this other foolishness would go away for a while. But we're not known for our great attention spans, are we? We live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world. I've been in Nashville long enough to watch the next great thing happen several times. Some young musician will take the stage. Where have they been? This is the future of country music, the future of country and Christian music, the future da 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 And they'll run several years, and then they'll get to a part of their life where they can't give their CDs away. What have you done for me lately? Oh, yeah, Jesus, we were impressed when you came down from the cross. That was a big deal. But that's been a while. What have you done for me lately? Sometimes we ask Jesus for things and we have no idea what we're asking. <laughs> Now, most of us have, have the, 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 the humorous side of our, faithful, of our journey of faith where we are now thanking God for unanswered prayers. Most of us have lived long enough to the point where we prayed for Jesus for something. He didn't give it to us, and we got mad. But then life happened, and we went on a few years, and we looked back and realized, ooh, had Jesus answered that prayer, I would have been all kind of messed up. Thank you, Jesus, for unanswered prayers. Sometimes we ask Jesus and we have no idea of the consequences. And this is one of them. Come down from the cross, Jesus. Do something like that and we will believe, never understanding that if he comes down from the cross, it's over. 
Now, if you're thinking, well, the story would change. No, no, no. Over. And as the boys used to ask me when they were little, is it over, over, Daddy? Over, over. Because if he comes down from the cross, he comes down in justice. And everybody gets what they deserve. The nails did not hold him on that cross. His love for you did. His love for me did. Did you know if they hadn't nailed him on the cross, he would have hung on anyway? Because he knows what's at stake. He knows what it means. No, he's not going to come down from the cross because he knows if he does, it's over. He's going to take the cross. He's going to take every drop of sin, every mistake you've made, every foolish thing I've done. He's going to carry it all, and he's going to carry it until it's finished. Amen. And then what will you say? Let's pray together. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, thinking about your own life in this moment. I, I know you think things would have been different if you had been there. No. We've been one of the scoffers. We've been one who hassled him. And Jesus would have stayed on the cross anyway. paying the price for sinners like you and me. Now, for some of you in this moment, the only thing you're aware of is how many times you have blown it, how many times you have messed up. But however many mistakes you've made, nothing you've done in your life outdoes for you what Jesus did for you on the cross. It's not over. Because Jesus stayed on the cross, it's not over. Now, I know I'm saying some things to you that you maybe have a hard time believing or understanding. That's why our ministers, our friends, are standing out um, at a table in the atrium. This big table says, next steps. Can't miss it. They want to pick up this conversation. They want to pick it up right here. Just go say, I want to know more about what Mike was talking about. They'll pick it up from there. Don't leave. Not knowing what the cross means for you. Perhaps it's come be part of this church fellowship. We'd welcome you. We'd love to have you on our, on our journey with us. So you come. However the Lord has come to you, he's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray now that the decisions we make are exactly what you want.